When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Thursday twist for you. It is not Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Instead, it is Greeny with Shay Cornette and Field Yates coming through your airwaves here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to join the conversation today, because this first one you might want to join, it's a little perplexing. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Just visit Progressive.com. Field, hello. How are you? So happy to be on the radio with you because because yesterday we got some fun news, um, essentially learning that Jimmy Garoppolo has finally, and I say that with my own connotation, finally been given permission to go ahead and be traded out of the 49ers organization. Um, when I heard this field, I was scratching my head like, first of all, I didn't even know he needed permission. I thought this was just like fair game from jump here that he could have been traded. I didn't even realize we were waiting for this day. But lo and behold, we were. What took so long? Yeah, Shay, this is a really interesting one for a lot of reasons. It's great be, great to be on with you, by the way. Always fun to talk football and everything else for the next couple of hours here on Greeny. So, you are correct that many of us were scratching our heads yesterday when we found out that this trade request or the permission to seek a trade had just materialized yesterday, which was, what, July 20th and on the eve, essentially, of training camps for all NFL teams and typically... And there have been a couple of exceptions over the years, but almost exclusively teams go into training camp with a plan of what they expect to do at quarterback for the season. So you're sitting here thinking to yourself, the NFL carousel of moves has largely spun basically to its completion this offseason. And now Jimmy Garoppolo has the chance to go and try to find a trade. It's surprising. Now, here's what the 49ers, I'm assuming, would tell you as to why this is taking place right now, and also Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent Don Yee as well, is that as we all recall, Jimmy Garoppolo had surgery in late February, maybe it was even early March, but it was right around the NFL Combine. He has been rehabbing that throwing shoulder since that time, so we're talking about a span of, let's call it five months, since that surgery took place. It's difficult to negotiate a trade for a player when that player, whose job it is to throw the football, is unable to do so. Now, that is true, and I understand the the reasons why a trade is difficult to execute. I would argue, though, and this is the head-scratching part of yesterday, that what's more difficult to execute is a trade for a player, whether he's healthy or not, when there are basically no suitors left. And this is what makes the entire thing so fascinating, is that 
Jay, if I ask you off the top of your head, who makes any sense as a potential Jimmy Garoppolo trade team when you factor in that he currently is going to make $24.2 million, which is a lot of money and a huge cap it. Who comes to mind for you at all around the NFL? I got no one. I'm blank. That's Me too. And so I think it probably leads us to a couple of different conclusions, one of which is that the 49ers are trying to bubble up a market in hopes that somebody – has some roof, you know, this these moments of reflection early in training camp where that team decides, you know what, we thought about it in the past. We took some time, it wasn't good enough. Now that we've had more time to think about it, maybe upon further review, we should consider Jimmy Garoppolo. Or it's telling those teams around the NFL that if something happens to your quarterback, whether your quarterback gets hurt or whether your quarterback competition goes without any winner because both of the options or however many options you have are bad, that we are open for business. That basically for the next month, Jimmy Garoppolo is the NFL's 33rd starting quarterback. He's not ours. He's not yours. But he could be yours if something happens in your quarterback room that leaves you with a hole. But if I'm San Francisco... Or if I'm Jimmy Garoppolo and you're banking on that possibility, Shay, that feels to me like banking on something with an extremely low likelihood of happening. I think there's a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo, unless he is cut, at which point a contract is a much different value than $24 million, could be the odd man out in this year's starting quarterback cycle. The disrespect for Jimmy Garoppolo having this conversation, like when you really put it in – and. Again, I feel like I'm always defend. Yesterday, I was defending Russell Westbrook. Today, I'm defending Jimmy Garoppolo. This is just what happens apparently on Greeny when I when I fill in. But it's when you called him the 33rd starting quarterback. This is a dude that's been in the postseason every year that he's been healthy for yeah. this Niners team. It's not fair, in my opinion. Let's hear from Diana Rossini. She's our ESPN NFL reporter. She was on KJM earlier today, and she essentially is telling us this is not really surprising, which we knew. But I guess I'm surprised by the time of it let's let diana explain here she is i'm not surprised by that at all because they've actually been allowing that so to speak don Yee, his agent has been working behind the scenes talking to teams we've known for weeks almost months now actually it's actually been months um that don Yee has has been part of this so it's not shocking to me that this is happening it just got out at this point Okay. Um, I guess that's confusing. What got out? The the fact that he that they want to let him be traded? Haven't we known this for forever? I, this whole thing. Um, let's hear from Diana one more time. Can the Niners keep Jimmy Garoppolo? Because from where I sit, field, this is what this all tells me: that the Niners aren't confident in Trey Lance going forward, which is fine. Okay, that is completely fine. You gave up a lot for him in the 2021 draft, three first round picks. That's a lot. But lucky for you, Niners, you have that kind of draft capital and you still have a good football team where you didn't need to utilize it so if Trey Lance needs to sit one more year that's okay because maybe he's not completely up to speed I don't know what has given this Niners team full confidence that he's a full go and he can step in and replace Jimmy Garoppolo who as I pointed out went healthy you win I don't know that that's the same for Trey Lance that probably is the part that has remained unspoken and will remain unspoken right because if you're San Francisco You had to understand that Jimmy Garoppolo, at $24 million, 
with a shoulder that had just been surgically repaired was not going to command a significant price tag. I don't think the reason why the 49ers have not yet traded Jimmy G was solely because they didn't get what they wanted in terms of compensation. They were getting a first-round pick, right? Right, right. Maybe even a second-round pick was wishful thinking. But part of it might be protective. Last year, as you mentioned, they traded all the way up to pick number three to grab Trey Lance. While you and you just mentioned how like you're now having to defend Jimmy G because he is a polarizing player. No one is going to argue, I don't think, that Jimmy G is one of like the five or eight or ten best quarterbacks in the NFL. Correct. And yet last year, at no point, even during another sort of typical Jimmy G year, some solid moments, but certainly some games in which the defense and the running game and Debo Samuel were more responsible for victory than Jimmy G. At no point last year did we hear of talk from Kyle Shanahan or the 49ers to lead us to believe that Jimmy G's seat was warm or anywhere close to hot and that maybe Trey Lance was going to take over and become the starting quarterback for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. So what that makes me think is that if Trey Lance was never close to starting last year, that maybe San Francisco said this offseason, all right, we're, we're reasonably confident that by September, Trey Lance is going to be our guy. And we kind of need him to be because Jimmy G is a really expensive backup and we traded three first-round picks for Trey Lance. But we, we want to see it first, right? And it's almost like they protected themselves in the event that Trey Lance was not ready or will not be ready by the time the season begins. The cost of that, Shay, is that a trade has not yet been executed, and I think we are staring at the possibility that one month from right now, rather than Shefty tweeting the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo have agreed that he can seek permission or he can seek a trade, he might be tweeting, hey, after unsuccessful attempts to find a trade, the 49ers have decided to release Jimmy Garoppolo, who could latch on and find a new team because he becomes a free agent immediately. I Which- get it. Like they, they maybe their plans when they made the trade last year were one thing, but it feels like a couple of circumstances have led this to be a situation where San Francisco doesn't get to play every single card that they envisioned when this process began. Can I just say this too? Considering the way the landscape is with athletes, be that I don't care what professional sport it is, but you're seeing it now in the NFL now more and more. The Niners are lucky they were able to, as you said, protect themselves with the plan that they have come up with now in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo. I can't really name very many other quarterbacks outside of Jimmy G that would just allow this to happen. Look at what happened with the Brown situation in Baker Mayfield. He's like, I ain't showing up to OTAs with the disrespect I have. I know that's a completely different situation because of the background with Deshaun Watson and what's going on there. But nonetheless... The way these starting quarterbacks, for what Jimmy G has provided to that organization, if he was going to step back and be like, I'm done, man. Every year I'm going to get traded. I'm going to do this. I'm a backup plan. I'm the 33rd best quarterback. I'm an insurance policy, essentially, when all I've done is win for you and do whatever I can to lead this football team to the postseason year after year. Great point. I'm done with this. Totally. 
I wouldn't blame it. And and quite frankly, that is what would have happened, I feel like, with a lot of other starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. So the Niners should be counting their blessings that every time Kyle Shanahan can st- stand up there and say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we, we granted a permission or whatever he's going to say, or we, we're thinking about trading Jimmy G now. Like, he doesn't – Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't say a word. And quite frankly, when the trade happened for Trey Lance, I, I was doing Sirius XM NFL radio at the time. I had Jimmy Garoppolo on days later. And he couldn't have been more gracious about it. Yeah, no problem. You know, Brady did this with me. I'll do this with Trey. We'll get him up to speed. We'll do what we can. I understand the meaning of being a good teammate. I mean, that was his attitude about it. Yeah. Find me another quarterback that then would have been happy about giving up the farm and trading up to the number three pick to take a new starting quarterback. So the Niners, in my opinion, should consider themselves lucky. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails and counting because everyone deserves to experience what is out there. Like your kids, their kids, and even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself. Nature Valley, life happens out there. All right, coming up, staying with football here. Two days on ESPN Radio continues. Today, we're focusing in on the Titans. How is Tennessee going to rebound after that home playoff loss in the first round? Well, technically the second round since they were number one seeded. Um, we'll discuss that. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. I don't know if you live near the East Coast, but if you do, this song, Temperature, <laughs> it is hot. <laughs> it is hot where we live right now, Field. The temperature. Everywhere, Shay. It is. It's just hot everywhere. 97 million Americans are under a heat advisory right now. Do you just know that off the top of your head? Uh, you know what? I happened to see the breaking news alert on Twitter earlier okay. today. I can't I was, take any credit. I'm like, where did that even come from? People this call me Gre- Ginger Z in my like, off time. Seriously. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Shea Cornette and Field, y- Field Yates filling in for Greeny this afternoon, or this morning, I should say. Um, Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We're continuing our two-a-days, and today we're continuing along with the Tennessee Titans. This is ESPN Radio's NFL Two-a-Days, the Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown, the ruggedness and physical style is what Mike Vrabel likes. You always hate when you lose one of your best players, so it definitely upset him. Ryan Tannehill, who the team was clearly disappointed by. Tennessee dipped its toes into the Aaron Rodgers waters. It dipped its toes into the Deshaun Watson waters. And when it couldn't get a deal done, it turned back to Ryan Tannehill, but still drafted Malik Willis. I have no problems with Malik, and we're competing against each other. I don't think it's my job to mentor him. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Field. So, yes, two days continues today, and obviously we are doing the Tennessee Titans, and this is an interesting one because Tennessee Titans were a one seed last year. They obviously got bounced um, against the team that would eventually find themselves in the Super Bowl. That would be the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Tennessee Titans are kind of there every year, and, and in my opinion, it's a lot because of Derrick Henry. But the Tennessee Titans, we aren't talking a lot about, nor do we really ever in the preseason. And I don't know why that is. But this year, they're especially interesting because they got rid of A.J. Brown, right? They bring back Ryan Tannehill, and they wanted to replace him with a guy named Traylon Burks, who they went out and they drafted. Well, what I know about Traylon Burks, or what I've come to know, Field, and this is just, is that it hasn't gone swimmingly, I guess, mm. for that first-round pick. And I, I know that he had a ton of anticipation around him as he was get, coming in for OTAs and rookie minicamp and all these things. He had to leave the first practice of rookie minicamp because of, I think it was something with asthma or, or conditioning or whatever it is. And then yeah. he had to miss parts of OTAs. And they just haven't been able to get a real feel for this Traylon Burks, who was supposed to step in right away and replace a receiver who made an immediate impact, obviously, on this Titans team. And so... This is the problem sometimes that you have when you try and just go through the draft as opposed to getting a veteran guy through free agency or whatever it is. And, and so if Traylon Burks needs to show up to training camp and prove that he is this first-round pick that they touted him to be. All that to say, if anything happens to Derrick Henry, I have no idea what to make of this Tennessee Titans team. All right, Shay. So you're absolutely right. A lot of the most important points were teed up right there. I'm going to lay out all the reasons why I'm concerned about the Titans Let's and then go. I'm going to give you one reason why I can't quite bring myself to actually being that concerned about the Titans. <laughs> A.J. Brown, no longer there. You mentioned that. Julio Jones was cut, but candidly, Shea, it's not like he was very good last year for them. He was, as a matter of fact, very bad for them. Uh, it's not like they necessarily made a bunch of notable acquisitions this offseason on defense, or I mean, or other side of the ball, right? Robert Woods was added in a trade. That to me is probably the move that has the chance to be the biggest splash on offense. They also added Austin Hooper, who's coming off of a down year from Cleveland on a one year contract. But the bottom line is that there was no, like, I don't sit here and think to myself during a wild offseason, the Titans are the team that made the biggest splash or anywhere close to it. Additionally, Derrick Henry, he is coming off of a significant foot injury that we saw just a glimpse of him in that playoff game against the Bengals. I don't know that I can say with certainty that that foot injury was or was not bothering him given the small sample size. This is a team that this is is a team that has a quarterback who Adam Schefter in the intro to our conversation talked about how disappointed they were in him to the point that not only did they draft Malik Willis in the third round, but they also explored various trade scenarios, including Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. All right, so generally speaking, the vibes, if you want to use a very generic term right now for the Titans, have you a little bit worried, a little bit trepidatious. And yet, this team went 12-5 and last year, <laughs> had the number one seed in the AFC, 
when seemingly everything went wrong, right? Derrick Henry misses more than half of the regular season. Ryan Tannehill was not good. A.J. Brown missed time. Julio Jones, as we said, not good. All of those things were working against the Titans, and yet they still found a way. Call it the Mike Vrabel factor. Call it the intangibles. Call it toughness. Whatever you want to call it, this Titans team has some indicators that suggest a regression could be coming, and yet I'm having a hard time. I've like walked the plank, but I haven't quite jumped in because so many of these same things apply during a season last year in which they staved off the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bengals and all these other teams for the number one seed in the AFC. Are you confident in the Titans? No. It, look, the AFC is going to be a beast. Mm. Um, if the Titans were in the NFC, this would be a completely different conversation, That's fair. in yeah. my opinion. Um, but I, I'm just not. Like, I, I don't. And I feel like. I, I, two years ago, I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I gave the benefit of the doubt. And, right. and I kind of gave up on that last year, and I don't know why that is. I'll say this. If you look at their schedule, and this is one benefit of playing kind of in the Midwest, because obviously um, I covered the Chicago – not obviously. Uh, I covered the Chicago Bears for a long time. And, and Midwest me. teams <laughs> Midwest teams have this advantage, especially in a hub like Chicago. And Nashville has something similar where you don't travel very far. It's mm. not like you have to go from one coast to another. Huge time change. And the Tennessee Titans, and looking at their schedule, there's not a ton of travel involved there. Um, which I actually think they leave the central slash east time zone like once they go to LA that's it exactly that's what I'm saying like that is one thing that's working in their favor where there's not going to be all this jet lag and and where there's some teams that obviously have to go across the across seas or the Niners go across country or whatever it is and and so for me I feel like that's one one benefit and you're right they'll come back healthy and if they can get Traylon Burks up to speed I might change my tune but until I see this rookie receiver who they are putting a lot of emphasis on in this offense. At least I believe they will. Um, I, I can't. I can't. I can't pencil them into. I'll, I'll pencil pencil them into maybe a wild card spot, sure. But I'm not going to say they're going to come away and be as successful and go 12 and five like they did last year. Nah. Yeah, I have my hesitation. I have my hesitations as well as I just mentioned. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to talk myself out of the extreme, and I think I have. Like I don't think this team is going to go five and 12 this year. But maybe more like 10 and 7 is more likely for a Tennessee team that, again, had so many things working against it last year and still went 12 and 5. And then what do you do if you go 10 and 7? It's still a double digit win. That's still maybe a wild card spot. You still find your way into the postseason. Do you keep Ryan Tannehill? Like, well, this, this is, is an, always the conversation every year. Like, it's, what's it's an inflection point? Yeah, they are, they are at a put it this way, and we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We of want course. to enjoy this. It's NFL July, season. though, so this is kind of but what we do. It's hard yes. not to, right? <laughs> if, if this team does not make the playoffs this year, you can pencil this. You can you can put it in, in Sharpie. One of the conversations we'll be having next year is what do the Titans do with some of their key veterans like Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry? Because if you, if you don't make the playoffs, you got guys who are already veterans, right? Like mm-hmm. Tannehill's in his 30s already. Yeah. Derrick Henry approaching the age of 30. Like These are the conversations that we'll be having next year, next offseason, if – and this is a big if the Titans do not make the playoffs this year. But it's a quirky team. The entire division's kind of slid under the radar because so many of the moves have been taking place in the AFC West and even the AFC East. And the AFC North could be a legitimate four-team race this year. Tennessee sort of sliding under the radar. But I do think this team could be one. Could be one. 
that maybe next year it takes a little bit of a step back. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And again, they play in such a competitive division, and uh, their schedule does do them favors. Week one against the Giants, but then week two they're on the road against Buffalo, um, Raiders, Colts. Washington football team, excuse me, the commanders, and then they got a bye week. So I think we'll learn a lot throughout the first five weeks of the season for this Tennessee Titans squad. Not necessarily week one against the Giants, but then on down the line, they've got some pretty good competition. So I think by the bye week, we'll really know who this team is. All right, we're going to take a pause from football and turn our attention to basketball here in a moment. But first, here's a note from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, so moving off the gridiron now on to the hardwood. Uh, yesterday, Woj dropped a little bit of a Woj bomb, although I, when it's not like free agency related, it doesn't feel as Woj bomb-like, but this is definitely of note. Um Free agent James Harden has agreed on a two-year, $68.6 million deal that includes a player option to return to the 76ers. Um, This is according to Woj yesterday. And so I'll let him explain a little bit further. Here's Adrian Wojnarowski, our ESPN NBA insider, on Harden re-signing with the Sixers. What James Harden, uh, by opting out, declining that $47 million player option, allowed them to do P.J. Tucker at the mid-level exception, Daniel House at the biannual exception, uh, DeAnthony Melton, who they acquired uh, from Memphis in a trade. And then it allows Philadelphia some cap flexibility once the season gets going, prior to the trade deadline, to make some deals. So for James Harden, uh, certainly financially, he helped Philadelphia now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, so that is good news, I think, for the 76ers. By the way, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Shea yeah. Cornette, Field Yates, filling in for Greeny here this morning on ESPN Radio. Um, Field, to me, this is good on Harden. For so long, and I'm guilty of this, I don't know if you are or not, but I felt like Harden was a very selfish NBA player, and that's fine. He went and got his, but it was constantly the Harden show. Yeah. He wanted to leave the Houston Rockets. Let's go to the Nets. Nets aren't working out. There's too much turmoil. I don't get the Kyrie situation. No longer my thing. I want out. Now you're with the 76ers. Great. Everything's going good. Joel Embiid bouncing the postseason. Not what we anticipated. Ah, now I'm not picking up my player option. I want to become a free agent. I need more money. It was just constantly yeah. something. 
with James Harden. And it was driving me nuts, quite frankly, because there were a lot of times where he didn't show up when he needed to, but yet he needed all these other teams across the landscape of the NBA to show up for him. So this is good on James Harden now. Takes a little bit of a salary cut, creates a player option if things don't go the way that they're supposed to go this year for the 76ers. For me, I like this deal, and I liked that it came from James Harden because it finally showed him maybe taking a step back and being like, look, what is the best thing for the team, not necessarily for me? So for 2022, Shay, this is like so obviously a win, right? Woj laid out that for this year, the only way that the team was going to be able to acquire Daniel House and also P.J. Tucker and do some of the things this offseason that they needed to do, that they wanted to, DeAnthony Melson for their first-round pick, all of those moves were only feasible with James Harden taking the contract structure that he did, basically a $15 million pay cut. All of those things, and by the way, I, I think it's fair to criticize players for being selfish about their style of play, their constant desire to be on the move like you've laid out for James Harden, but I'm never going to have a problem with a guy getting as much money as he can. So when I get to a $15 million pay cut, I'm like, dang, like, that is like you know, bro- like that's in- that's an incredibly selfless gesture, and I respect Agreed. the heck out of it, even if I don't believe he owes the team any responsibility. But what I have heard recently, Shay, is that hey, this t- this player option, which basically means it's a one year contract, mm-hmm. is just a precursor to James Harden re-upping next off season with the Sixers. On a far more lucrative deal, this is a handshake agreement between he and Daryl Morey, who we know of an incredibly strong relationship, that basically this is just setting the plate for next year, when setting the table for next year, when James Harden's going to get a much bigger offer that you would have expected him to sign this summer, and then it's going to become a problem for the Sixers. And that's fine. You know what? That may be the case. But what I've come to realize is that with Philadelphia, Shay. I don't care if James Harden signed for one year this year and two, excuse me, for $1 this year and $2 next year and made the most selfless act in the history of the, of the NBA. If this team doesn't win a championship at some point during the however many years are left of Joel Embiid's tenure with the 76ers, yeah. it's all yeah. for naught. Who cares, right? So we can worry about next year, next year, but you only have so many opportunities with James Harden and where he is at physically and age-wise, Joel Embiid and understanding that although he's still in his 20s, his late 20s, like we just know that Joel Embiid's clock could be different than some of the other elite players in the NBA. Steph and LeBron are aging in a different way than we suspect Joel Embiid at his size with his medical history will age. That I'm like, you know what, Let's let's take the moment to celebrate this for the Sixers, that like on paper, Agreed. this team's decidedly better than the team that finished last year in an incredibly disappointing six-game loss, six-game loss in the second round of the playoff to the Heat, a series in which, you know, in two of those games, it felt like they were clearly the better team, and the other four, it felt like they were completely overmatched, completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I agree with everything you just said, and even if this is a handshake deal deal with Daryl Morey, and it's like next year you're going to give me the farm. I don't care because if things go sideways in Philadelphia this year, that's not going to be able to happen. The right. noise will There's be too, too loud and yeah. he might have, right. There'll be too much pressure. He might have to go elsewhere. And so this to me is a good deal across the board. Hey, if this year the 76ers win a chip and this is the deal that's on and, and Joel Embiid and James Harden get a bag next year. Good for them. That's fine. Totally. You've accomplished what you want to accomplish. And so when I heard this news yesterday, I thought, 
good. Yeah. Finally, this feels like we're on the straight and narrow here with what James Harden needs, what the 76ers need, and quite frankly, what the NBA needs. Let's hear from Jay Williams. He knows a thing or two about this since he can played in the NBA. He was on KJM, his own show this morning, and he talked about what this deal means for James Harden. To me, this is a bigger sign about star players being with management in which they trust and believe and in to in. help them win a world championship. Like Daryl Morey's the only guy that potentially would have to got, that would have had James Harden do this, that could get him to do something like this. That's actually a good point, and one I hadn't thought of, um, Field, yeah. because because if he was still with the Nets, this probably wouldn't be happening, right? right. Like he he does trust Daryl Morey, as you said, they have such a good relationship um, that this was able to be created in the first place. I guess that's not an angle I necessarily thought of, but I go back and forth on know. this. Yeah, like obviously, listen, Jay Will, our guy, and he yeah. knows so much about the. He's forgotten more about the NBA in the past month than I'll ever know. But mm-hmm. like, I just think that this is an outlier relationship between player and management between Daryl Morey and James Harden. Like, I don't have any expectation that other NBA stars are going to have this kind of dynamic or are going to strive to have this kind of dynamic with management. So. I don't know if this is like a trend. This is To me, this is much more a one-off. And it's great for James Harden and Daryl Morey, but you know, there, I don't know how many times I've heard any number of NBA analysts say, you know, find someone who looks at you the way that James Harden and Daryl Morey <laughs> look at each other, right? Yeah. So um, I understand that like we are in a pretty fragile state for the NBA in terms of players and management not getting along. I don't suspect that the reverberation from this dynamic between Daryl Morey and James Harden will be additional players buddying up to their favorite GM around the league and creating a sustained partnership. Fair. It's just good for these two. Sure, <laughs> I yeah, guess is what we can yeah. is what we can take away from it. You know, certain people make life easier by helping me out and ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's technology finds great candidates and you can invite them to apply. Just go to ziprecruiter.com/greeny to try it for free. Coming up here on Greeny last night a very special night in Los Angeles as ABC aired the 30th SB Awards. Our very own Dick Vitale was awarded the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance. We'll hear from him next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Rolling right along here on Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Shake Cornette, Phil Yates, feeling in for Greeny this morning. And Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. You know, in 30 seconds, we're going to hear from Dick Vitale. Uh, he was at last night's ESPY Awards and he was presented with the Dickie V Perseverance Award. We'll hear from him in just a minute. But first, here's a word from Vivid Seats. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing and you can be there to watch all the action live with Vivid Seats. Get out to the ballpark and experience every home run, every web gem, and every walk-off. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you'll start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one free. That's like getting 10% back on every single ticket. From the box seats to the bleachers, Vivid Seats has you covered with tickets at great prices all summer long. Just visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Um, So as I mentioned, we're going to hear from Dickie V last night. Uh, He was given that, that... uh, Perseverance Award, and as always, this speech I think hits home for so many people because these speeches are so iconic and and they carry on for years to come. And so let's hear from Dickie V last night at the ESPYS. Back in March fourth, nineteen ninety three, I stood here and I introduced at Madison Square Garden at the very first ESPYS, my buddy Jimmy V. 
If you only had heard Jimmy V the night before, you would never, ever, ever believed or dreamt that he could stand there and give his speech. That's why I stood to the side, as John Hamm said. I stood there because I thought he would simply say thank you and sit down. I called him up that night. The night before at the rehearsal, I said, Jimmy, Jimmy, you can't believe what you're going to do tomorrow night. It's going to be unbelievable, better than I ever thought. I can barely hear his words. Dick, Dick, you think I give a, about a word? I want to say, not going to see my Leanne, my Jamie, my Nicole, my daughters graduate. I'm not going to be able to see them or walk them down the aisle. It's over, man. I'm trying to pick his spirits up. Jimmy, you got to come, man. you got to come. We came on a plane the next day with Mike Krzyzewski, his wife, Mickey, Jimmy's wife, Pam. Mike tells me the next day they arrive, as they arrive in New York, he said, he's throwing up all over the place, sick as a dog. So now we're in the arena, and he's sitting right up front, and I try to go grab one of the production assistants and say, you know what, why don't you let him bring a mic to him? And he could sense something's going on. So he said, come over, man. So I come over, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to make it easy for you. And Jimmy, some choice words. And he told Mike and I sitting there, just get me on that effing stage. Get me on that stage. We got him on that stage. I was mesmerized, blown away as he electrified the nation. And that speech, don't give up, don't ever give up, has created what we're here today. We have raised $300 million in his name. Think about that. $300 million. Think about, think about his legacy. His legacy is a true legacy. Oh, he cut the nets down, and coaches dream of that. And they won that national championship. I've said, I've told people, I think there's three major factors that have made the V Foundation jump like they have to become such an incredible, incredible first-class foundation. Because every dollar that's donated goes for research. Because as a member of the board, I can tell you this, we have, ready for this, a $40 million dollar. $40 million endowment that all the administrative costs are paid for. So every dollar when I go out and beg, I'm not going to be on the streets begging the way I do and plead. If money's going to pay this one, pay that one. It all goes where it should go to help people battling that dreaded disease. Obviously, we're thinking about Dickie V as we have been um, since we heard the news of him battling cancer. And I know... Field, he's always trying to insert himself this year. He tried his best to be such a big part of college basketball, and he keeps fighting. And as always, even when he's not even trying, he gives inspirational words. But last night, of course, delivering them at the ESPYs. He's incredible. Yeah. It just blows my mind that, um, you know, I I remember there was a time, it feels like 20 years ago, where I was watching, you know, as, as, as so many of us have been for all the years of Dickie V's ESPN existence, where, like, I remember being a kid, like, growing up being like, there's this older gentleman who has an incredible exuberance and energy. Yep. And here we are, however many years later, Shay, and he still has this incredible exuberance and energy. And I think there are a lot, I always say that for me at least, sports can help me learn lessons about life. 
and the passion that Dickie V has for certainly all of the awareness for cancer research in college basketball, which I think so many of us identify as, as his you know, greatest passion besides his family and his faith in life, is is infectious. It's a reminder that if you love something, you know, it's inspiration to someone like me who, like, if you love something enough, you can turn it into your job, which is what it is for Dickie V and what football mm-hmm. is for me and, and talking about sports is for so many of us here at ESPN. And I don't know. I'm sure there is a way to quantify the impact of what Dickie V has done over the many, many years of helping to raise money with the V Foundation. He's hosted his gala on an annual basis and raised millions of dollars. But the real impact is far beyond that because he has inspired so many people along the ways, along the way. And um, I love what the ESPYs has done with the V Foundation. I love what the V Foundation has continued to do as a great partner of ESPN for so many years. And uh, Dickie V, keep fighting the good fight. We all know you will. Telling you to do so is almost superfluous. Uh, but what an inspiration and what a great moment to see him up there capturing the audience as he always does when he has a microphone last night. No doubt. And as Dickie V mentioned, for the first time ever, we have a generous donor who has agreed to match donations of a total of up to $1 million. Amazing. Yesterday was SB Day. Just go to V.org slash donate now if you if you are able to donate. The donor was inspired by Dick's longstanding dedication to raising money for pediatric cancer research and by his courageous battle against cancer, obviously, this past year, as Field and I talked about. So, again, and if you are able um, in supporting the V Foundation for Cancer Research, it's v.org slash donate. Coming up here on Greeny, the Niners have given Jimmy Garoppolo permission to seek a trade. We'll go back to the football field and see where the best fit might be for him. That's coming up next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.